Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Glad to have your uh, attendance here with us as we talk about marriage expectations and myths today. But before we get into all that, who are we again? I, I don't know. <laughs> we're Gil and Brenda Stewart with Restored and Remarried, and we're just happy you're with us today. Yeah, talking about remarriage, long-term relationships, and we're here to give you tips, tools, and tingles Ooh. about your relationship. So we are excited to get into this topic today about myths and expectations. Uh, but before we do that, let's just kind of set up a few things foundationally of what creates these myths and, and, and expectations that cause all of these problems. What do you, I know. What do well, you got? I think we even need to back the train up one step from that. What is the definition of a myth? Because what I think is a myth might be different or maybe the same as what you think is a myth. Well, I think when I hear the word myth, I always go to Greek mythology about, you know, mm-hmm. Zeus and Poseidon and what all, all those other mythological gods were, you know, and, and so forth. That kind of goes through my mind. What, what do you think about? Like a fictional fake kind of thing. But, you know, I think in our day and age, I think we should just ask the guru of who to ask. The guru would be Siri. So yeah. since we are not quite completely clear on what a myth is, so let's do this. Siri, what is the definition of myths? A traditional story, especially one concerning the early history of a people or explaining some natural or social phenomenon, and typically involving supernatural beings or events. Hmm. Okay, so... Supernatural. Yeah, she's such a smart gal, isn't she? <laughs> what does fa- she know? Step family stuff can... There is a supernatural uh, balance to that. Yeah, story. there is those or- mythological <laughs> gods, even in, you know, we have the mythological gods of successful step families. Really? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. And the whole thing about myths can be false information, too. Man, that's... False information? That could be a hot button. Oh, like TV sitcoms and about, like you know... fake news and... <laughs> oh, yeah. TV sitcoms solves all the problems of the world in a half an hour or less. Well, look at the Brady Bunch. Isn't it funny whenever we tell people we're in a step family who are not in a step family, they're like, oh, yeah, you're just like the Brady Bunch. And it's like, you have no clue. No clue. No clue. <laughs> so what about the word expectations? So That's... what are you expecting? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What are you expecting of me? What am I expecting of you? Is that? And you're, you're supposed to know my expectations without me even saying anything. Oh, I'm supposed to be a mind reader. Yeah. You're expecting yeah. that. How is that working for you? Uh, not so good. Not so good. <laughs> so uh, here we go again. Uh, the the complete understanding of what an expectation is, we're not so clear on that. So we're on a bit of a roll here. So who better to ask yet again but Siri? So Brenda... So, Siri, what is the definition of expectations? From four definitions of expectation, the first one is belief about or mental picture of the future. Hmm, a belief. Wow. I believe you should uh, know my expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maybe and, not. and I believe that we should be able to uh, just, you know, who takes out the garbage today <laughs> before it starts stinking up the entire house. But think about it. We had some mental picture of the future in our mind. Right. And... 
sometimes I think we just, well, duh, this is a common expectation we all have, and we forget to, don't even acknowledge to talk about it. Something as simple as, like you said, like taking the garbage out can start World War III in a remarriage and step family. So it's, you almost have to be intentional to have these conversations of what, what is my expectation in this area? Because expectations, I think, lead to assumptions. Ooh, and yeah. those assumptions then always, I don't know about you all out there in podcast land, but every time I start making assumptions in my relationship, I always get burned and very disappointed. And that can lead to conflict. Oh boy, yeah. Which we'll like, talk about probably in session number, I don't know, nine or 10 or something like that out there. So Probably 10 podcasts on conflict. <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned for conflict because there's lots to talk about that one. So going back to, you know, foundational things, their expectations. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Well, Brent. and a lot of times our expectations are built on the myths that we believe. And sometimes Ooh. we have to ask ourselves, are my beliefs true and correct? You know, and even as you say that now, it triggers in my mind, beliefs are kind of what I, what kind of drives my actions. Mm. And then those actions lead to emotions and feelings and away we go. Mm. So what I believe based upon my, my expectations, what I'm thinking potentially could be distorted, especially Mm -hmm. in remarriage, because there's a lot of things here that I don't understand. I mean, for instance, when you really think about it, First time marriages have, you know, challenges of their own. We all get that. Marriage is marriage. But remarriage? Remarriage has got some different wrinkles. So to say when we found out the research that there's about 72 differences between a first time marriage and a second marriage. Wow. That blew me away. 72? Can you 72. Give, me, give me a couple examples. Like... Well, for instance, a first time marriage doesn't have to deal with an ex or mm-hmm. a widow doesn't mm-hmm. have to deal, you know, because they're still alive, unfortunately, and respectfully we speak, you know, rest in peace, you know, that, that spouse is gone. You didn't have to deal with that before. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you've re, remarried and now you're dealing possibly with the ghost of the spouse past. Right. And first time marriage doesn't have to deal with multiple schedules in two different homes. I mean, it's hard enough with the first-time nuclear family and marriage. You know, if you have a couple of kids juggling soccer schedules and ballet lessons and on and on, and you at least have a little bit of control of that. But when you have to control or get some kind of a semblance on that with two different homes putting in their, you know, input on different schedules, I mean, that's first-time marriages don't need to, to deal with that. Well, and even thinking more so is that the the concern of what I expect. I'm remarrying again. I'm I'm remarrying my girlfriend, and then all of a sudden you're a mom. It's like, whoa, <laughs> hold happened? on a second. What happened? <laughs> you know, all the fun we were having before when we were dating and so forth, la, 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 la. And then all of a sudden you're this grouchy mom telling me what to do. I, that wasn't in the game. Well, I think first-time marriages deal with that, too, but maybe at a different but level. But not at the speed <laughs> of our step family. What about finances? Oh, my gosh. First-time marriage, you know, have their their one checkbook or what, you know, they they have a handle on their their uh, finances and uh, remarriage, you might have somewhat of a handle on your, you know, your finances. Your household. But, yeah, you know, I remember at one point, Gil, it was like, <laughs> I should just have my ex write your ex a check and just get us out of the middle because <laughs> right, right. between alimony and child support, I mean, yeah, it's And not crazy. that finances are, you know, plenty in every household. I get the fact that there are different budgets and this type of things in different households. 
However, in a step family, it, it's different because sometimes you don't actually have enough to go around, mm -hmm. but yet mm -hmm. you get pulled because you do want to buy those soccer shoes for your kid, but you gave the money to your ex and they're not buying, and then, then the kids get stuck in the yeah. middle. That that's yeah. a really that's a really stretch. That's a that's a hard one. So those are just a few examples of the seventy-two uh, differences. So once again, marriage is marriage, but remarriage has a few more wrinkles. Well, I, I, before we leave it, you know, leave this particular foundational comments here is, is that there's some other differences that are worth mentioning real quickly. Emotional grief is way different. We're maybe dealing with a loss that we haven't dealt with. There's drama beyond belief. And we have new people that we don't even know that could be having impact <laughs> yeah. on us. So that, I mean, I reflect back very quickly about an event that took place years ago where, you know, something happened to your ex-husband's girlfriend's grandma that completely screwed up our weekend. And we didn't even know the dear yeah. lady. Yeah. But man, were we ever ticked off because we had these plans put together and then all of a sudden it was turned on its head. Yeah. That's, that's new to step family world. Yeah, and first-time marriages don't need to deal with don't that. Don't even deal with that. So yeah. enough yeah. of that. So let's kind of move into... Well, uh, I think you, another thing to recognize, how do people come into the room of a remarriage? So a couple different... You know, you kind of mentioned it before. Sometimes a remarriage happens because of a divorce. Yeah. Sometimes a remarriage happens because of um, a death of a spouse, whether you're a widow okay. or a widower. Okay. Yeah. Um, sometimes a remarriage happens with someone who's never been married that marries someone with kids i pity their souls <laughs> <laughs> pity is a strong word uh, no I think, it's wrong it's right i think it, that is the hardest the hardest combination because if you've never been a parent and you've never been married and then as we've said when you start a step family it's like move stepping onto a moving train and if you don't have that background of being a parent and being married, I mean, it can you can be successful at it, no question about that. But it's just there's different wrinkles to that. Yeah, and I think the people that we know, either male or female, that step into a remarriage that create a marriage, it's a first-time marriage for them, they, and they're creating a, a, a remarriage for, for their spouse— uh, they're usually bold within the first couple of months. I mean, because it's just like this, they're pulling their hair out. It's like they have, like you said, they have no concept of what they're getting into other than that they have those rose-colored glasses on and it's going to be happily forever after. And if you're in one of those type of relationships, I, you know, honestly, we, we would be doing you a disservice with this podcast to say, oh, it's just going to be a bed of roses. Um, it can be, but it takes a lot of work. It's a great growth opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of weeds to pull and a lot of cultivating and use lots of fertilizer because you're going to have a lot of, well, I really can't say it in a podcast. I mean, this is G-rated, so I can't say the words that come to my mind, but you can fill in the blank. Well, don't you think remarriage anyway, kind of a, it is a growth opportunity for everyone involved, <laughs> even the kids, because we all have to, you know, we're living with people that we don't know that we're starting to get to know and build history and and uh, it's sometimes it makes us look at things within us that maybe the Lord is trying to challenge us to change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which so. which is kind of one of the points that you're bringing out here by just that comment is, you know, the willingness for God to really change our hearts, whether you have, 
you know, the ability to, to understand that aspect of your life, there's still going to be change. There's an opportunity for growth. So have you learned, have you grown from what you went through in the past to move into this present situation to combat the expectations and the myths that you mm-hmm. are about to encounter? Yeah. No, that's great. I totally, totally agree. Okay. So, so we're going to cover seven myths, and I'm sure there's a lot more, but these are kind of the ones that are top of mind you know, as we as we get into it. So I think the first myth is we've been married before. We don't need counseling or preparation. Really? Seriously? <laughs> so you're just going to dive in without any preparation hey, at all? I've been married before. I know how this whole marriage thing works. Seriously. Ser- I'm That's still, what You're we still going to dive into this thing without any information. All the couples that we counsel and coach and in our seminars that we do, that's one of the first questions we ask when they come to us and they're to the point of they need counseling is, what kind of marriage prep did you do? And very few people do anything. Right. So coaching, encouragement, reading a book, talking to someone, mm-hmm. uh, a mentor, sitting down and actually reading a book or maybe even listening to a podcast. Brilliant. Hey, how about that? <laughs> we are at your service. You know, something that I, I failed to mention a little earlier is that Brenda and I are coach and couple uh, we are, as a couple, a, a coach. Brenda's a coach. I'm a, I'm a counselor. And we do work with couples around the country in a coaching situation, even by uh, FaceTime or, or video or Skype or whatever. We actually just did a premarital couple, and he lived in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, lived in Mexico, fun. and yeah. she lived here locally, and that was really cool. That was cool. But so, you know, just kind of throwing that out. If you are at that place where you're gathering information and want to talk to us personally, please take the time to do that. We're happy to serve you. So let's get yeah. back to the myths. RestoreToRemarry.com. Oh, put a little plug in yeah. there. Facebook, Instagram. an unabashed tweet, advertisement tweet, tweet. in the middle of. What, I guess we have the microphone. So okay, so but we back don't to have the any sponsors yet. So we oh, can yes. do that. Oh yeah, watch our video on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, that was number one myth is that we've been married before. We don't need counseling or any kind of preparation. What's myth number two? Number two, myth number two: putting unrelated people in the same house will mean that they love and care for one another. The following day. Of course they will because we love each other. They're all complete strangers and they're all <laughs> going to get along the following day. That would be your children and my children and you and I are just fine, but everybody else is just going to figure it out overnight. Yeah. Wow. That would be a myth. You are definitely living in la-la land if yeah. that's your thought process. And the reality is, you know, in the long term, love and care may or may not develop. Yeah. I mean, some some blended families never truly blend. You know, all you can do, especially with those kids, is meet them where they're at. And we're going to be talking a lot more about kids and, and ongoing podcasts. But... One, of, one of the things that crosses my mind was when we were doing a retreat a couple of years ago is, is that this one guy really got the concept of this particular issue and this myth was is that we said there's plenty of love in the room. And he grabbed a hold of that and said, you know, that's right. Even the, though the, I love my children and, and your children, so to say, his, his new wife, there's plenty of love to go around. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he understood that, his expectations got more realistic. They lowered. And he began to think about respecting all of the people in the room, not just he and his mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. And there was plenty of love to go around where before he thought it was just limited just to, you know, his kids, not yeah. and, and again. So, uh, yeah. what's another myth, Brenda? Uh, myth. Okay, so we've got uh, been married before, don't need counseling preparation. Myth number two is putting unrelated persons in the same house means they'll love and care for each other. Mm, maybe not so much. Myth number three. Ooh, this is really important. 
this marriage and family is competing against the legacy of the previous one. The main thing is you don't want to compare. Yeah, right? you're comparing uh, apples and oranges because this is a new marriage. This is a new family. We're into a whole new process of putting two family systems into one. So you start comparing the old with the new, you're headed for trouble. Yeah. So please, please, please do not compare. Yeah. Live in the present and accept your step family for what it is. It's a step family. It's not a nuclear family and it's got all kinds of different wrinkles. That's yeah. why we are talking to you. Okay, so number four, <laughs> myth number four is everything will fall into place by next week. Sure. Really? <laughs> What's what, uh, Sure, you're so confident. <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. How's that? Did that really happen? No. No. This, okay, this will blow people away if they haven't heard this before. The average step family, this is totally average. What about the unaverage? Hmm, they're luckier maybe. <laughs> the average step family takes five to seven years. Get out of here. Five to seven years to blend if they ever do. If I knew that, I'm not so sure I would have signed up for that. Well, you know, when we meet with people and they're like the two-year mark and we tell them that you can, and they're stressed out, you can just see they take a deep breath and go, wow, okay, this is going to take a little bit longer than I thought it would, and that's exactly right. And I think the attitude to take as in the marriage part is like, what's five to seven years if we're going to be married the rest of our life together? You know, mm -hmm, if we're mm -hmm, right. old, live old enough to be married 30 years, what's five years? Now, the younger the kids are in the family, that connectedness will happen sooner. Yeah, the bonding, the, the, the bonding window of opportunity is yeah. open wider. Because you're living together. You might be changing diapers with the kids, you, you know, eating every night. I, I mean, do not change diapers. <laughs> we never explore well, grandbabies we did, we now. Did, you're we doing did. I still don't change diapers. <laughs> I just realized you don't. I, I never don't have change. to change diapers. <laughs> but, but back to the point, five yeah. to seven years is the average time. You mentioned that the first two years are the most difficult. And I, you know, thinking about the couples that we've sat with, counseled with, coached with, they come in and they're at about that stage of the mm -hmm. two or three year mark. And they are like literally just in, you know, you, like can, see in their, make it? Yeah. you can see in their eyes, they are terrified that they're going to go through another, you know, oops, here, what, what did I do to myself? And when we say that point to them, hey, you're right on time, relax and lower your expectations a little bit because you're not comparing a first with a second time marriage. Um, you know, this is right on, they're right on time. And that mm -hmm. helps them to realize that, yes, this is serious, but it's not something that's minimized that they're, you know, going crazy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Just, we can normalize it. I think know? the other thing too is, is that with remarriage, things are accelerated. They happen faster than in a first-time marriage. Again, you alluded to for a few moments ago, stepping onto or stepping, joining a step family is like stepping onto a moving train. Mm -hmm. The momentum is at full force. It does not gradually leave the station and go through those patterns. No, you are, you know, it doesn't stop at the station. It's moving through the station <laughs> at full speed. Yeah, if you were crazy enough to step on board, good for you. Because first-time marriages, you know, you get an apartment, uh, you have you get your careers going, then maybe you get a house, maybe and a then baby. You get a dog, and then a baby. Yeah, you have all these, yeah. yeah right. mm -hmm. You have these natural places of of growth together. But you're right. You know, this is already in place and already moving when you when you step on. So. Which I think leads perfectly into myth number five, which is kids are going to be really happy about the remarriage. Ooh. Oh, they're just going to be elated that you're doing this. <laughs> well. Honestly, for them, this could be another place to grieve. It's another loss for them because they, you know, I'm 
Do I have to tell my age? I'm well, 50 you, something. You can say 50 something. You, <laughs> you look like you're in the 30s. <laughs> Thank you. You look you great. You just scored points. <laughs> but at my age, I still, that little girl in me, you know, my parents divorced when I was 15. That little girl in me still wants my parents back together. Yeah. You know, and the yeah. first time I saw a picture of them together when they were in their 20s, I cried because it's like, why couldn't you guys make this work? Yeah, yeah. that was, that was, I mean, you were right there. I mean, yeah. I remember, you know, you were standing there and all of a sudden those emotions welled up inside of you. And, and here you are, this 50-something-year-old woman. It's like, whoa, where did that yeah. come from? Yeah. So I think we cannot underestimate what our kids are going through. And this this could be like another loss for them when a couple gets remarried. And we get so, you know, with our pink, you know, rose-colored glasses, and we're happy about this, but sometimes we miss our kids' hearts. Yeah, because step families are born out of loss. They're born out of divorces, and they're born out of deaths. So that's not really happy occasions for children. Put, for goodness sakes, put your put yourself in your children's shoes. Yeah. Just for a yeah. second. Yeah. And if you're pounding on them, and you haven't made room for their grief, back up the train. Mm-hmm. I mean, those kiddos, regardless of whether they're 5, 15, or 35, they are still dealing with grief in some form of or fashion. And for you to just keep pushing things along and expecting and pushing them, uh, how can I say it lovingly other than put the brakes on for just a second and let that kid emotionally catch up? Mm-hmm. Okay. And give him a safe place to share to yeah. talk about that. Yeah, don't it? Yeah. And, and also, I, not to be completely negative on this, because in some cases, the kids are happy about the remarriage yeah. because for some reason or another, their other parent that left or, you know, had to go, uh, go away is actually a relief to mm-hmm. the child. Yeah. However, those positive and negative feelings can happen simultaneously and can actually be pretty difficult for a kid to process. Mm-hmm. Again, whether they're 5, 15 or 35, the human heart still has a lot of emotion and its own logic. And if they haven't been given information, time, and that sort of thing, even in the best of situations, give that kiddo some room. And some grace. Yeah. Yeah, and another little add-on to that is, you know, a lot of times we meet people that are older and their kids are adults and they're getting remarried and they feel like, well, the kids aren't in the house with us, so we're not going to have any of the same issues. And that is, that's a great, incredible myth because even though the kids may be themselves in their 30s, 40s, or 50s, that's uh, your remarriage is going to impact uh, how they see the whole family dynamic. So that's something we don't want to underestimate. So let's get to yep, let's get, get to, to myth to, number six so and let me seven. Just review really quick. So one was uh, we've been married before. We don't need counseling and preparation. Uh, number two is putting unrelated persons in the same house means they'll love and care for each other. Three is uh, comp- this marriage and family competing for the previous one. We don't want you to compare. Don't do that. Number four is everything will fall into place. Yeah, right. Yeah. Five is the kids will be happy about this remarriage. Certainly they will. What, what do we got for number six? So number six is we're struggling and no one is going to understand what we're going through. Mm. We, we are the first ones that have ever experienced this in a step family. <laughs> we are so special and we have, we have no idea of what to do. So here's what I'd like to say to you. We need each other more than we realize. You are not alone. This is where you uh, need to really engage with community. I mm-hmm. think in the world and day that we live, we have all these micro uh, relationships that are more and more uh, segregated, isolated, isolated mm-hmm. 
unconnected. And when that starts happening, yeah, you do feel alone. But when you stop and engage in community, not for a gripe session, Mm -hmm. but to begin to engage and encourage one another, then you find out, hey, there are other people that have traveled this uh, this road before you, and there's some good resources out there for to encourage you to get you through those hard times yeah. so that you can thrive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's actually 67 different types of step families. Oy, oy, oy. So, yeah, a lot of times when we meet with couples, they'll go, I bet you haven't heard this before, and they'll tell us a story, and we're like, you're yeah. really you're really special and yeah we, we unfortunately heard we've heard that one before but everybody's situation is different well, and when you're living through it i don't ever want to to lose that feeling in that of that pain of feeling isolated and nobody understands and because that's why that was mo- that's what motivates us to do what we're doing now through Restored and Remarried is we want to help people through that process and that pain okay yeah. so myth number 7 Bring it home. Here we go. Myth number seven is, I don't need to deal with my old stuff. It won't affect the new marriage. And that's what I would call denial. (laughs) That would be definitely denial and really putting your head in the sand. Because the the statistic is, is that about 50%, excuse me, about 58% of us don't deal with our past stuff. And a lot of what Restored and Remarried is about is dealing with your past stuff so it does not impact the present yeah. I mean, there are so many things that we think, oh, that's a that's a myth. I you know, I got this, but you didn't deal with it. And maybe now you're into marriage number two or maybe three. And some of those old issues that you thought, where did this come from? This reminds me of so-and-so. Whoa, baby. That mm-hmm. means, hey, you need to go back and deal with your stuff. And you can translate that however you'd like. <laughs> Uh, I've got a few other words for it besides stuff, but again, we're G-rated. So it's never too late to back up the train and go deal with that. And that may mean issues of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That may be even issues of forgiving yourself. Mm -hmm. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff there, but that's why we're here is to grab those questions and help you fight through them so that you can come out the other side. And if yeah, if nothing else, to bring an awareness. Right. You maybe can't fix it, but you can certainly remedy it by changing what and how it's framed so that it doesn't yeah. impact your present. Okay, yeah. that's that's about where we're at. Yeah, so those were seven myths uh, of remarriage. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot more about these things at different, different depths, different levels. And, yeah, it's ready to rock and roll. So we will leave you with this particular idea yet once again is this. Is this if you ain't got the marriage. You ain't got nothing. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on their website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.